Hey, welcome to episode 169 of the Collector's Quest podcast. In this episode, me and Johnny are talking about collecting light gun games, a little bit on the history of light gun games, because light guns are kind of interesting. They have a pretty big role in Nintendo's pre-video game history. Maybe we go off on a small tangent about a certain Wada 10, but tell your mom about the show, give us five stars on iTunes, and let's go. <laughs> Another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here again with just Johnny. Uh, Stepin might be in Hawaii coming back like in two days. Uh, so now I can say he's in Hawaii so people don't hear the podcast and go try to rob his house. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have one question for you. Yeah. Does your Super Mario 2 have date codes on it? Oh my God. <laughs> Hot topic, guys. Everyone go check your Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, a game flaps. that, you know what? A Mario game, technically, that was released in America first. So there is something special about Super Mario Brothers 2. Because it yes. did come to Japan later as Super Mario USA. But Super Mario Brothers 2 is maybe the most American Mario game. Yeah. And that's Super including all like the Mario teaches typing fun with numbers. Because those aren't really Mario games. Those are bullshit. That's garbage games. Yeah, but yeah. So, anyways, but Mario uh, Two was great. Uh, you know, Braveheart doing what he does, right? It's just like, by the way, does yours have like date codes on the flap? Because if they do, you're a scrub. And uh, yeah, so go check it out. Make sure you don't have a white oval. You got that nice circle seal on there instead, and make sure your your little flaps don't have codes on them. So Nintendo started the date codes in like 1989 on the flaps. Is that it? Yeah, I I don't know. Did I say did I say Braveheart or did I say SN, SNK 2D Forever? I so I saw it from SNK. Yeah, 2D it's SNK 2D Forever. <laughs> okay, I, I'm I'm getting my people confused. Um, yeah, no, it's SNK 2D Forever. I misspoke. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I love you both. Um, I have a couple copies of Super Mario Brothers two. I'm pretty sure I have one circle seal, one oval seal. And I you know have. what, Johnny? I'm just not going to check until no, I need to check. like catalog all my specific Come variants. <laughs> Come on. Go, let's do a live. How far away is it from you? It's like, oh, wait. No, I see a copy. I, I bet it's my Oval Seal copy because I'm, I'm in my office, not the game room. I'm going to go grab it. Grab it. Let's do it. We're doing it live. We're going to see if Tyler's got the good one or the bad one. Here we go. It's uh, oh, no. This is a lot I of suspense. A, I got a circle seal here. Here we go. We got a circle seal. Here we go. All right, we're about to uh, destroy all the value of my Super Mario Brothers 2, Johnny. I'm pretty excited. All right. Rejoice in the value, Tyler. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, no date code, baby. Oh, First girl. print of a historic Mario game. Rare gems. Mind right Whoa. here on Collector's Quest. <laughs> like, if you, someone's going to like start opening them and feel realize that like this is the most common variant, Probably. Probably. Uh, I looked at mine. I do not have date codes. So so basically, date codes are rare for Super Mario Brothers 2, guys. Go find those rare date code flat variants. Well, it, here's the thing, right? Like, every, you know, everyone obsesses about the first prints, but first prints aren't necessarily the most rare. Like, if you think about all the games that go to market and when they're released, like, especially as a wide release in the United States... Do you think that initial print run had less 
or more than like subsequent print runs down the line when they didn't need to sell it to everybody who was going to buy it. When most of the copies are sold in the first two months of the game's existence. Yeah, I mean, mo- most games probably have their first print run is the the best selling version of a game. Like every player's right. choice, every platinum hits, all those not that's those are all rarer than the original release of games. Like yeah. Grand Theft Auto Vice City, phenomenally popular game before it became greatest hits. Yeah. So I mean, I just like to throw that out there every once in a while, just for people to kind of ingest a little. Like, oh yeah. We obsess on these things, but we're not necessarily always looking for the rarest thing because people start to say, well, it's rare, you know, and they just start throwing that around. Um, And I'm like, well, it's the more desirable one. Like, it's the more in demand one. And it's not like on a on a game you're going to be like, well, I definitely went and got the second print because, you know, it's rarer. Like, no one. That's not where the demand is driven. Uh, Unless you're like Castlevania three. Uh, hot tip, uh, just because I already brought up Vice City, there's a UPC variant for Vice City. If your UPC ends in 88, that's the rare second print, Johnny. It's like 25 times rarer than the first print, something Ooh, like go, that. Go get it. Uh, I mean, if you're in the weed on games. It's 10 bucks. You can get them on eBay all day because no one knows about it except people who saw Super Nintendo's post. Yeah, we're, ju- we're just stealing Super Nintendo's Instagram and talking about it on the show. Yeah, and that's on... Like, <laughs> yeah, SNK TV thank, forever. Thank you thanks, to, to all our patrons for just, uh, just giving us content. everything we know about video games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've crowdsourced this information, Tyler. That's I think that's what people say when they steal information. Um, yes. and and don't like to source it. Uh, <laughs> okay. How about now that I've derailed us for a little bit? Do you want to? Do you want to maybe take a shot at telling me what this episode's about? Ah! Uh, <laughs> hey! Yeah. Whoa! No right on yet. the mark, Johnny. Yeah. Oh, you really hit your target. <laughs> uh, I guess we're going to talk about some gun games, Johnny. And thinking about collecting, uh, like like gun games. Everyone, everyone here knows what a light gun game is. Got a little photo diode inside a gun controller. You shoot the TV. The gun is like, is there light where I just shot? Some of them are more complex than that. But Johnny. I realize that I don't care about collecting light gun games while trying to think of collectible light gun games for this episode, because once we get up to the NES Zapper, which is kind of the first popular light gun that was ever released uh, for a home video game platform, like after that, I'm done. Uh, are you sure? Because if I remember right from our earlier discussions, and I'm talking around episode 87, 88, around there, oh, oh, you okay. like some light gun games. You like Time Crisis and games like this. So I do, but like my memories of that and the way I would want to play them today, ideally would be in an arcade, like point okay. blank. Awesome game. I'd rather play it in the arcade. Yeah. Like Time Crisis. The police trainer is another like great one. They've got the one in Raleigh. You, my point is you do enjoy them. So, but like you enjoy oh. them and then you want like, you're like, nah. No, so, well, I'm them. trying to separate the gameplay side of Collector's Quest, which was less uh, of a factor from the collecting side, which fair. I'm light guns are games. They're the light gun boxes are usually really big. The light gun games have big box bundles. You think they're cool for me for something. I'm not really interested in a big box bundle is just something that takes up space. I, you know, see, I think especially for people who aren't set collectors, I think these are like the little like niche sets that, uh, that they go after. You know, I think people find the, you know, just 
the uniqueness of that, like, oh man, it comes with the gun in this box. It's got everything I need to play. Like I, I think people go after that. And they they pick up these subsets because they are these uh, you know, big boxes. But they're probably also not dealing with you know, what are you at? Like seven thousand games tower? Uh Johnny, I have not cataloged in so long. It's it's over ten thousand at this point though. Oh, you're over ten? Yeah. Ooh, are you gonna are you gonna pass me up? You I bet you uh, passed me up. Well, so the thing is, like, I've tremendously slowed down because I'm like focusing on the games I want most, regardless of money. So like everything I'm buying is like a hundred dollars plus now. The one exception to that was when I went ham and just bought like every ZX Spectrum game I thought I would ever want. And I got like 150 tapes. But other than that, uh, focusing on on much more expensive, much fewer items at once. So, and you got all those ZX Spectrum games this year, right? 2021? Johnny, the past year and a half has been a blur. I don't know if you know. but I know. That's why I'm trying to clarify. Okay. Because I'm just trying to ascertain whether you will be a game a day guy at the end of the year. Oh, oh, 100%. Are you kidding me, Johnny? Yes. Okay. Even with my slowed down purchasing, you're I slowed down. You're still going to get over 365, which uh, you know. Look, I I know there's uh, some people who aren't who don't collect on our tier or you know collect a lot different than us and spend a lot more um, and don't buy the garbage that we do. I'm not trying to make us seem like elitist or anything, but it it is a funny thing to think about, especially for my childhood self, that uh, that I often in a year will buy more games than there are days on a calendar. Um, you know, it's just like, Oh, I got a new game every single day. Child Johnny is like, how did this happen? What sorcery is this? And, uh, but here we are. So, all right, let me, let me jump the gun, Johnny. Um, Whoa! N- so I want to skip over talking about like gun games for a second to stay on this point. So, Pretty much every year since I've gotten back into collecting, there's going to be one or two days where I just get an enormous package of f***ing worthless games. So whether it's 100 ZX Spectrum tapes or I come back from Portland Retro Gaming Expo and oh, here's 75 loose SNES games that I need for the set. They're not the craziest games in the world, but in terms of quantity, like, yes, I will, I will hit over 300 games in a year. And then today, it just like these little things happen all the time where it's like, man... I have no impulse control and I should just get everything that I see that looks interesting. And you showed me this game, Mickey's Wild Adventure for the Oh man. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to talk about this in After Dark. Did you buy one? No, I'm not but like I'm looking at it and it's like I should buy one, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to talk about this in the After Dark segment cuz I All right. Um like I don't want to jump the gun on that. Well, we don't have to to save things for After Dark, I but know. Uh, we just Anyway, just Look up Mickey's Wild Adventure if you're uh, on your phone or by a computer. It looks, it's a PS1 game that came out in Australia or maybe uh, Europe no, too. Europe and Japan, uh, I think. Yeah, and it literally looks like Mickey is Satan on the cover. He's yeah. marching through fire in like a dungeon with skeletons behind him. It, uh, it is so cool. And he has an angry face. I've never seen Mickey with an angry face in any uh Disney media. It, you know, it's it, so good. Like I was going to save it, but it, like it had to be a popular game because it has a platinum hit and that, that is prevalent. It, there are a yeah. lot of the platinum hits available. It's crazy. This game is crazy looking it, like I didn't know I was going to get to get a Mickey game and put it in my Halloween uh, posts. And now I do because it is Mickey. Like you've never seen him before. 
And it looks like if you hold out, you can get it for like maybe under 10 bucks if you get the right copy. Yeah, 10. So, uh, well, I mean, with shipping and everything, you're going to spend. Yeah, I mean, you're going to spend 25 bucks on this game, you know, maybe a little less with shipping and everything. But it's not, the point is, it's not that expensive. And the cover is awesome. <laughs> Stupid bullshit like this is what tips me over the edge, Johnny. Yeah, I, I mean, me too. I've slowed down quite a bit and I'm still, you know, I'm still going to go past that number, I bet. You know what? I'm starting to realize, so I, my FOMO panic has, it's not over, but uh, it's dying down because I'm realizing what I'm going after, like, if no one has gone after it in, in how long has American video game collecting been a thing, like 30-ish years, the chances of it exploding overnight one day are pretty much zero. Okay. Like, one thing I, I want right now is uh, Hydlide for the PC-8801. Really? Like, Hydlide in America, it's a f***ing joke, because uh, it's a 1983 Japanese computer game. It's Hydlide is a super early RPG, but it came out in America after The Legend of Zelda. Yep. And the progress that video games made in those four years is just insurmountable. It just looks like a piece of garbage. But in 1983, Hydlide is like a pretty important rpg it's pretty popular in japan uh so i just i want to copy a hydlide and you know what probably it's not going to double in price by the end of the year johnny probably not no yeah so fomo panic is going a little bit down that's good yeah you know you you're you definitely needed a break it, it's true so another thing is uh if people were into like, you know, black box games and then hang tabs and then like really weird NES variants, TMs and R's and the seal of qualities and all, you know, print run codes that we're talking about at the beginning of the show. And I thought that like the rabbit hole would just go deeper, deeper, deeper. And people would just be into like the most obscure things and people start hyping up Satchin games or something like something super like niche. Uh, But kind of the opposite happened and everyone is staying at like, the super surface level of just sealed popular games, at least in like all these, you know, the high end game rooms, the water groups, you know, where the big money is being spent and people aren't spending, you know, $4,000 in a Satchin game. They're spending $4,000 on like Sly Cooper or something, which is perfectly fine by me because I'm never going to be uh, in that conditional rarity group. So I just hope that trend keeps continuing. I mean, that that's, probably what will continue uh you know given who's driving the market right now so we're driving the market johnny we're in the brains we are not we we don't we don't do that this is the gun game hype episode everybody get on ebay we're gonna buy time crisis 3 together live right we could push the price yeah we're gonna i mean (laughs) we probably could but like you know what i really want to get everybody if you don't have it already, let's make sure we all go out and get Duck Hunt. Let's really move the price on that one. <laughs> you know, maybe you should buy like 600 copies of Super Mario Duck Hunt. Oh. I hear ooh. it's a really important game. I mean, I think that that ship has sailed. I think I think one one gentleman may have already cornered the market. Oh no. He got all 47 million copies? Yeah. It finally happened. Yep. It's a game so so mass produced that people can just pick it up and send it to somebody because they think it's cool to do so as we have done on this show. Hey, Chris, uh, we love your collection. 
Don't change. For anyone who doesn't get the reference, that is CWR2 on Twitter, who collects Mario Duck Hunts, because uh, he's got a problem in his brain. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> he's our kind of people. He Definitely. Uh, want to talk about some some gun games, Johnny? Yeah. Uh, you want to you wanna take it away? Shoot. So my, my first three are not things you can actually collect, but I found interesting historical things that I want the other people to know about like gun games, Johnny. So I'm just going to say them anyway. Okay. Okay. This is the Tyler moment of the show. Go for it. Oh, I didn't write down a date. Sega Periscope is uh, it's Sega's first commercially successful arcade game. It's literally a giant box uh, with a periscope on it, and you shoot down cardboard ships. And I'm desperately Googling when it came out. 1966. And there's a bunch of these like sort of periscope arcade games. I guess World War II made periscopes popular. I've literally got an electromechanical periscope toy uh, in my guest room right now. I just bring that up because it's interesting that it's uh, Sega's first successful game and it was the first game that cost a quarter to play. And it used like an electromechanical technology. It's not a video game. You shoot cardboard things. So Johnny, Wild Gunman, the NES game, right? No, wait, what? You, surely you don't mean the NES game. 1974, Nintendo released Wild Gunman, an arcade game, again, in a giant box. Arcade games just used to be huge sometimes, especially these electromechanical games. It would play a 16 millimeter film of a, of a guy with a gun, like literally like the NES game. And then I think lights behind the screen would flash to make his eyes flash. And that's how you knew when to shoot. And then if you shot him, you know, it would change uh, film, I guess, and show you a different clip of, uh, you know, the guy falling over, or he would shoot you if you didn't. And the interesting thing about that is that was actually released in America in 1976 by Sega, which uh, I don't know if you know, but Nintendo and Sega would later become competitors. Oh, I I didn't know that. But did you also know that there was a little, like, tabletop wild gunman toy from 1972 also? Uh, so in my brain, I thought that, and then I looked at the picture and I'm like, oh, I guess this is only an arcade game, but no, tell me about the 1972 toy. Uh, there, I mean, it's just a little toy. It's got like a, a star it's, you know, uh, in, in the center, like a sheriff's badge. And then there's some like cacti around it. It's just one of these, it's a little Nintendo toy. You, you can check it out. Um, there's also uh, a custom gunman, which is a little more interesting. And it's like, you know, like one of those figures that, uh, it's not, it's like made of like plastics and it's got like these joints and it like will collapse all funny. Like, like it's got no bones. Like it yeah, collapses you like, like push that. a button or pull a string and it just falls. Down. Yeah. So you got that and you've got like, you can draw on that thing and, and shoot him. And uh, with a, with clap. a light gun, Johnny. Yes. Um, and you may remember that from WarioWare uh, because the, I don't know if it's the original WarioWare or just every WarioWare. Uh, the one I always remember is the games from the original WarioWare, but it's just full of homages to like early 70s Nintendo, uh, either electronic toys or just toys in general, especially Gunpei Yokoi toys. Um, yeah, WarioWare is just a super cool game when you think about it in terms of Nintendo history. Uh, yes. So everybody go speculate on sealed WarioWare. Like, I feel like that's... <laughs> I feel like in the modern age, just like you could just add. Uh, so everyone go buy that sealed to the end of any sentence where you praise anything. Uh, kind of hate it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's a little ugly. Uh, the cool thing about this wild gunman, like the little toy one, 
where you shoot it with the light gun. One, you could get the gun separately. Uh, and Nintendo had like a bunch what? of these little things. Yeah. So they had the little, that. yeah. So there was a, like a little separate gun that you could buy. Um, but there was also one that was custom lion, uh, custom gunman. Uh, they, there's like, the guy looks different. There's like two versions of the custom gunman. There's custom gunman and then custom gunman target, you know? So there's a lot of these little Nintendo toys and same with the custom lion and custom lion target. It's got, there's variants and uh, different, like slightly different versions of these. So you can check those out. They're pretty cool. Again, like you said, if you look at all the stuff that WarioWare did and you start to look at all the old Nintendo toys, like before Mario, you you start to see this stuff and it's it's pretty cool because I had no idea until we started talking about it. Um, so you guys check that out. Like do, do some Googling on that. You will get a kick out of it. Yeah. Uh, like literally speaking of before Mario, just go to before Mario.com. It's a blog about all this stuff. Um, Is that a real thing? Yeah. It's before Mario.com. Uh, well, but they really nailed the name. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Good job, them. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the Wild Gunman. I, I, guys, I know these aren't video games, but I like Nintendo. I'm looking at the 1972 Wild Gunman game. It looks like Crossfire. I don't. Are you too old to know what Crossfire is, Johnny? No, Crossfire. Yeah, it looks like yeah. fucking Crossfire from 1972. Am I too old to know about Crossfire? I don't know. Are, how are you old enough to know about Crossfire? Is my question. John, you could go to Target and just buy Crossfire. Crossfire is like still a thing. I didn't even know that until a couple of years ago. I, I did not know that. Yeah. I, when did When did Crossfire come out? Now we Now we need to know. All right. This is the board game podcast now. Yeah. I mean, Crossfire is a video game. This doesn't count. Stop it. Holy. Whoa. Okay. All right. You win. Crossfire came out in 1971. Holy. That's yeah. Old. You thought you thought it was like, no, Crossfire is from my generation. No, we're both wrong. Crossfire is from way before us. Yeah. Uh, it just got an awesome commercial at some point, uh, which I'm sure was not out in the 70s. Probably not. Oh, All the right. original Crossfire is a little bit different. It's not as uh, purple and lightning-y, but uh, I guess that makes sense for the 70s. Anyway. Let's keep going. You got yeah, more stuff here. We do. I, I want to talk about one more of these early toys that's not really a video game. It's uh, Nintendo Duck Hunt. Just because, again, this is a video game. Duck Hunt did not originate on the Famicom. In 1976, there is a projector toy Duck Hunt. It projects an image of a duck on your wall, and you shoot it with a light gun. It's pretty it, cool. It falls down. It's cool. It's one of Nintendo's last electromechanical toys that they made, and they're pretty common. I mean, Duck Hunt's popular, believe it or not. It looks like a few of them sell every month, at least in Japan. I didn't check eBay. Uh, they were going for $150 to $200 when they're tested and working, and all sorts of various incomplete ones or untested ones, like some of them like 50 bucks. So... Uh, I'm probably going to be looking for a duck hunt, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. Like, I this mean, is like just, uh, got to budget all this crap, Johnny. You know what my favorite thing is? On all these, like, uh, Nintendo light gun games, when it sh- it shows the gun and, like, where you're supposed to shoot, and it, it has a continuous beam from the gun to the object, and it's always, like, lightning bolts or, like, lasers. It, it makes it all feel very futuristic, even though it's like an old West game. You're like, oh, it's a little futuristic. Okay. The West used to be cool, Johnny. But if you listen to reserved investments, he would tell you that Western collectibles are down in the dumps. Oh, man. So everybody tell your dad that his Western stuff is no longer cool. Along yeah, with his, all, his toy all robots. Those, 
all those leather books you have from Time Life with the little oval in it that like has some like cowboy looking dude on the front. Those are garbage. Stop collecting them. Oh, I do you know I what I'm talking have about? No idea what you're talking about. Okay. And like there are people younger than me, Johnny, who are like, "What's Time Life?" <laughs> <laughs> true, true, man. Time Life. What a that talk about something that used to hook me as a kid. They they talked about like these Time Life series, so, like unsolved mysteries and the paranormal and their Western books. And I was just like, tell me more. How do I mom, can we order these? And my mom was like, no. And also we didn't live anywhere long enough to have things mailed to us. I'm sorry, Johnny. I was, uh, I was too shy to ask my parents for, for, to buy me anything. I should have asked them to buy me probably five times as many video games because I, I could have pressured them into it. I realize now as an adult, your regret is you didn't take bigger advantage of your parents? Oh, 100%. Like, I literally, I got, like, the cheapest games, because, like, I was such a, I don't reasonable kid. Like, I saw new games, I'm like, $50 for a game. Look at all these games for $7.99 over here. And I'll be like, I'm going to get one of those. And that was, like, a few times a year, I would get one bargain bin game. And uh, looking back at, first of all, like, not I'm not like bragging about my existence, but like I didn't have like an underprivileged youth. Uh, my family was decently well off. They could have afforded me uh, new video games. And then just all my other friends, like I realized, had all these new releases because they would just be like, hey, Star Fox 64 is coming out, mom. I want that. And if they beg for it long enough, they would just get it. And I just I never asked for new games ever. And then the Game Boy incident happened and uh, all bets were off. That's Nintendo Duck Hunt. It's cool. Johnny, I've got one more thing from the 1970s oh, no. that I was uh, that I was excited for. It's the Magnavox Odyssey shooting gallery. Is that the first TV light gun ever? It might sell like maybe the first TV light gun ever is like the brown box light gun that Ralph Bayer had in his basement or whatever. Is this the first commercial one? We're going to call it the first commercial one because it's the first video game console. What, what's going to beat it? So this was... Uh, it looks like a shotgun or a rifle for your uh, for your Magnavox Odyssey, and all it does is you point it at the square on the screen and shoot, and uh, Magnavox Odyssey doesn't score, so I guess you just know that you hit it. I don't really know how it works. I've never used one. Funny thing about this show, all the things I'm most interested in, I don't have, and a lot of the stuff I don't care about, I have hanging up on a wall in my garage. It has four overlays and only two cartridges, and that means that Three of the games this comes with are exactly identical, except for the overlay. Uh, Magnavox Odyssey kind of sucks. Kind of? Kind of sucks. Kind of sucks? Yes. That is, but this that, gun looks awesome. That, you like have to cock it after each shot because they didn't come out with no stupid like, oh, we can make a pistol where the trigger's like a button. They're like, no, we're going to make a we're gonna make a gun. Why not? It's I mean, the that, 70s. That, There's no that, rules. That's kind of cool. So this gun, you it literally all it does is it checks if you're pointing it at light. So some people said like you could shoot the zapper at a light bulb, which doesn't work because that's not how a zapper works. Uh, but this, you literally could just shoot at a light bulb and you would hit every time. Uh, so that might be where the zapper rumor came from. I'm not sure. I also saw that multiple sources say that there were rumors that the gun would not work on any TV except a Magnavox TV. And I've seen the same exact thing said about the Magnavox Odyssey itself. So I believe that about the Magnavox Odyssey itself. Uh, but all these, like, rumors and stuff, it's all, like, unsourced. Like, show me... 
I don't know, a news article? Like, what? where would that come from? Like, first-hand experience? Like, I believe that there would be rumors of, of a product like this not working on Magnavox TVs, but why can't anyone prove any of this, Johnny? I hate wikis. Wikis are the worst. And uh, it was it was a $25 accessory, which uh, I have no concept of how much that was in 1973, but all the articles make it sound like that was really expensive. And they say it sold very poorly. Compared to, like, other weird Odyssey stuff, I see this gun enough, I will say. Like, weird old Atari guys probably have one. I see it at every convention I've been to. Um, there's probably one or two on eBay right now. Because uh, I, you and me went down a, a small rabbit hole on, like, the really obscure Odyssey stuff that is just either not out there or there's one available for $2,500. So this is not like a top tier uh, Magnavox Odyssey item. But uh, no, I, I can tell it's a real you, gun. Go get one. I can tell you that $32 today from 1973 money is $192. Jesus! <laughs> for a thing, <laughs> a shooting. I mean, it must have been super novel. I, I mean, I can't think of any steel battalion like item that would be like that. Go ahead, Tower. That is really similar to Steel Battalion, isn't it? Yeah. Because Steel Battalion was just a complete spectacle that no one had ever seen before. Even if it is just shooting a dot on a TV, I guess that's cool. Damn, you'd have to be really rich to spend $200 on a peripheral for a thing that was probably already a bunch of money for you to buy. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You got all that stuff out of your system? That's the 1970s. And then... (laughs) Just uh, so we're going to skip ahead here. Just imagine there's an endless stream of Pong consoles, and a lot of them also come with a, a stupid light gun that you point at dots on the screen, too. Yep. And then we get to uh, Nintendo, right? Is that where we go next? Yeah. So then uh, we're, so we're going to talk about the Nintendo Famicom and the cool gun that you can get for it, right, Johnny? Uh, I don't know, are we? What, no, what's the name not. of this? I've not, well, okay. I don't know what the gun's called, either. Well... The Famicom this... gun. No, Ooh. we're talking about Zappers, Johnny. Talk about something that people know about. Okay. Well, I mean, you guys have all heard of the Zapper. You know that it comes in two different colors. Originally came in gray. Uh, it was packed in with the deluxe set with Rob. You got it. You got Duck Hunt and Gyromite. Before even Mario was a pack-in, Duck Hunt was a pack-in. And that was like first illustrating the power of the light gun. as a, But... Duck Hunt is not the best light gun game on the NES. It's probably the most well-known and one of the most frustrating. But there were, you know, if you look, there are technically 17 licensed games which you can play with the gun in in some in some way or another. Whether you want to or not, that that's different. But I think most people think of the black box games. So uh, Tyler and I's choice pick if you haven't played it is hogan's alley uh oh, I, have I was a, gonna pretend that we hadn't discussed this before and said uh, all right on one two three we're all gonna say the best light gun game oh it, it's hogan's alley yeah <laughs> yeah like it, it's not even a, like you could i liked gumshoe as a kid because i thought it was interesting that you had to shoot this guy's feet to make him go places but also like looking back on it that is really kind of stupid why are we doing that um they're like <laughs> gumshoe sounds like gun shoe right let's just Whoa. shoot him in the foot uh, to be fair, I've never played Barker Bill's Trick Shooting. It, uh, I have not. Well, no, I have. I've played Barker Bill. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, I've played that. Um, but what, what are the other? So you have Wild Gunman, Gumshoe, Hogan's Alley, Duck Hunt. I think that's it for the Operation Wolf. Uh, oh, Operation. Wait, you're talking about 
Yeah, I was just talking black box games. Oh, yeah, that's it for black box. Yeah, I mean, then you have like other ones like I guess Daydream and Davy is one you can play, which I didn't know. Freedom Force, uh, Tyler's favorite game, Gotcha. I hate this game. He brings it up as much as possible. <laughs> I don't possible. understand what you have against. I gotcha. hate Gotcha. Even uh, though there was a movie first, um, <laughs> don't forget Bayou Billy, the Adventures of Bayou Billy, Laser Invasion, The Lone Ranger, Mechanized Attack, like you were saying, Operation Wolf, Shooting Range, Space Shadow, To the Earth, Wild Gunman, and then this one is baffling to me. Do you know this? Track and Field 2? Uh, no, I did not know that. What I, can you do in track and field? Too? I don't know. I just read it. Uh, like another, like the zapper is ingrained in people. Yes. The master system had the, what was it? The light phaser. No one cares about that. Uh, after you get past Ness, like people really don't care about light guns again until I think it really picks up steam in the PS2, but like people don't care in that era. Sega tries to pick it up. It was Saturn. Well, okay, hold on. You there. say people don't care? Uh like literally everyone I knew had a super scope. Uh um, I, I and I did, like but there Menacer was nothing... is so common. But there was nothing you could do with them, right? They, they were just terrible. Yeah. Like, there was no the duck Nest, hunt of that era. Right. There was, like, yeah, all yeah, the there games was no suck. duck hunt. There was no Hogan's Alley. There was none of these games that you actually wanted to play or buy. You know? Or and they like trapped themselves by being like this is the only way you can play this game. It's unplayable if you don't have this object. You well, know? so that's true. And I also think th- all the best NES light gun games are the simplest ones. It's like the black box games are probably the best ones because the more complex a light gun game gets, it doesn't make it more fun. It's probably just, you know, scrolling through Operation Wolf and a bunch of people are throwing shit at you for, you know, five minutes instead of Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt, like a round of Duck Hunt is over in five seconds, which is how long a light gun game needs to be. You just yeah, need well, to point I mean, at something and shoot. I mean, it's like you get to the point of like your time crises and House of the Dead and stuff where they realize just put you on a rail and let you shoot things. It doesn't need to be more than that. You're like, you don't, I don't need to be figuring out how to best combo with a gun, you know, put hidden things into shoot, like make it a high, uh, a hide and seek game. You know, and also, like, don't die because hordes are coming at you. Like, that's where the complexity is. Making the gun game have to do more, uh, like, operationally, or the gun do more, is is not a good idea. And that's that was the downfall of the Super Scope and the Menacer. They added all this extra shit. Like, how does a Menacer, like, or how does the Super Scope fail? They, like, made a bazooka, which is the most 90s thing I've ever seen. This giant bazooka, like... You're like, oh my god, I get to have a bazooka? Like, this is this is exactly what Kid Me wanted to have, was like a bazooka to shoot things. And it was just terrible and not fun. How do, how do you make bazookas not fun to children? That's a feat. Same with the Menacer. Like, what is the Menacer even? It's like a bazooka and a gun. It's had, so bad. It's had a like, baby. It's like a sniper rifle, but there's two scopes. You look through it with both eyes. It's yeah, so like stupid. Binoculars. I, you know, it's like, what is this? What a t- <laughs> Terrible idea. Anyways, getting back to the zapper and kind of why it was an icon and why it, it spread like the love of light games. Like even in Captain M, the Game Master, the cartoon, the dude wore a zapper. He had one. I mean, sadly, he had the orange zapper. It was a cartoon. I don't know why. And he was shooting enemies with it. I don't know why they couldn't have given him the gray one. But yeah, like this is what I'm talking about. The zapper was a thing. It was, you know, it was the zapper. 
like my mom wound up knowing what that thing was called. She was like, pick up your zapper. And then like, then every gun after that became zappers. Also, um, ubiquitous just to give some big ups to the zapper, Johnny, you press the trigger on a zapper and you get a mechanical clanky spring noise, which is awesome. Uh, compared to the super scope where you press a button and it sucks. Yeah. You might as well just be pressing a, on the yeah. controller is uh, also yeah. menacer too. Menacer is balls. Guncon not great because uh, in the arcade, Time Crisis has recoil, and at home, Guncon Guncons definitely don't have recoil. Do they have vibration? I know yeah, some guns gu- have vibration. Guncon two, I think, does. Okay, vibration, but not Guncon one. I don't know enough about the PS2 era, but I, I yeah, I'm just saying. I, I mean, it's not like the NES Zapper is like the most amazing feedback in the world, but the button is for sure. I can tell you that both the Menacer was a huge flop. There's a lot of funny stories. Uh, we don't need to get into all of them about the the Menacer, but so the guy who wound up making it left left Sega, and he went to another company. Uh, he went to Atari, and he was on tour in Paris doing something, and he went into a Virgin Mega store. And they had a bunch of stock in it, and they couldn't move it. And he offered the Virgin Mega Stories, like, you know, I, I'm the creator. If you want, I'll autograph all of these for you for free just to help you move them. And their response to him was, you can autograph anything you purchase. <laughs> so That's how well the menacer just, did. Okay. So disrespectful. I love it. Yeah. Just like, what a shitty thing to say to you. How very French of you. Uh, sorry, French people. I don't know if that's actually true. Um, so, anyways, Zapper was amazing. Menacer and the Super Scope were not. Should we tell them, like, the Menacer? Do you know the two games that were specifically for the Menacer, Tyler? Uh, I'm going to say one is Menacer Six Game Cartridge. Yes. Which is the it. actual full name of that game. And Terrible name. it's the worst named game. I hate it so much. Yep, and it comes in a dumb gatefold box. It, those boxes are all wrecked. Yep. So I know we're in the middle of a question, but we're all about tangents here. Ministers are like $200 now for a nice complete box one, but the Minister six-game cartridge is just so common and garbage, it's still like the cheapest game you can get on Sega Genesis. It's like two bucks. Yep. I don't think I know the other game off the top Terminator. of Terminator. Terminator. T2? Also comes in, no, just Terminator. It comes in also comes in that shitty gatefold box. Dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know? What are you talking about, Johnny? Okay, well, I mean, you'll have to go in after the podcast and look. But Terminator on the Genesis also came with the Menacer. It was a pack. Uh, it was packed in at one point. So uh, initially, it was just the Menacer six and one, and then they started packing it in with. Uh, Terminator. So there's variants of that you can find. It's also weird to me that the Menacer is more expensive than the Super Scope, which you can find for like sixty dollars. Uh, for all of those curious, when we like just kind of race through the NES stuff, they're like, "Well, you guys didn't talk about prices. You normally talk about prices." Um, here's the thing with Nintendo games, uh, especially when we're talking about the black box stuff. Most of the stuff is like forty dollars if you don't care about what the oval looks like, uh, you know, or if it has a sticker seal. The rest of it can be like. 200 800 you know depends if you get great it's really hard to talk about any good kind of prices in there so we're just kind of avoiding it there's the the range is too wide they're not too expensive all of the games we mentioned weirdly for the nintendo that use the light gun 
not super expensive games unless you want them to be, which you can, you know, that's the way Nintendo is today. So, okay, Johnny. So it's T2, the arcade game. It's not the Terminator. It's not the Terminator. I thought it was just Terminator. It's T2, which is, is that, that, I mean, that was like the light gun game in the arcades that every arcade had. So it makes sense. Huh. Um, I thought it was but also, there's no gatefold right. version, so I've, I just have no idea what you're talking about. Is there not a gatefold version of Terminator? Am I going no. crazy right now? There huh. is not, as far as I could tell. Well, now I, now I feel weird. Uh, someone got Anyways. confused. Someone got confused or angry, Johnny. I but mean, I probably just misplaced this too. Oh, so yeah, okay. I'm thinking about it. No. Oh. I'll go look. I'll go look later. But let's tell them about the better gun that they can get, which kind of you know, you know, made well, made for games. Did you go into the orange zapper and why it exists yet, Johnny? Oh, I I didn't. We've been um, going all over the place. Yeah, we, I mean, we're just kind of having a conversation. This was this isn't a deep collecting episode. This I know, wasn't I like I wanted to bring up a, another poorly sourced story, though. <laughs> okay, so uh, the zapper was changed from uh, gray to orange in 1988-89. There's some conflicting information on that, um, mostly because there was incidents of, you know, I, I remember lots of reports of people like supposedly robbing stores with zappers and things like that, uh, pulling them on people, people thinking they were real. And a lot, that was just not just zappers, but lots of toy guns. So you start to get the laws started to change where you required an orange tip. Nintendo likes to get out in front of these things. So they made the whole zapper orange rather than just putting on an orange tip here in America. In Japan, you could still get this. You could get later on, you could get a justifier that looks like a, a real revolver and, you know, go rob a store. Um, but it's Japan. So that's not really a problem. Yeah. And so uh, in 1988, the U.S. had the Toy Gun Safety and Child Protection Act of 1988. Which basically says you got to make your toy guns look not real anymore. The legitimate sources I could find are like, and then Nintendo was like, okay, we'll make it orange. And that's why you'll see the the power set and the action set both have gray and orange variants. So if you're only going to buy one, I would say make sure you get the gray variants of your Nintendo console bundles. Get them both. Uh, yeah, get both. I've got both, Johnny. <laughs> um, Good job. Is it in the Nintendo fandom wiki? And there's also other sources. There's this thing that says, In 1989, a soldier filed a lawsuit after claiming he mistook a gray zapper as a real gun. This lawsuit, as far as I could tell, doesn't exist. There's no sources. There's no, like, sources on any of the sources I found talking about this lawsuit. And I went and I looked through court records for Nintendo of America a lot of court records. There's only two court cases that mention a zapper. One is the case Magnavox filed against Nintendo because they're like, you're not allowed to make video games. And they talked about, obviously, the Magnavox Odyssey light gun. And the other one had something to do with the Wii zapper by just someone trying to get a piece of that Wii money. Uh, I don't think this is a real story. But if it is, someone please actually source it. But doesn't seem true. I hate video game information, Johnny. It's uh, all pretty loose. Yeah. So I, I want to tell you guys just to, if you're like super interested in zappers, uh, zappers like regionally, like if you go into different regions, they don't all look the same. So you can get some, you can get some weird looking zappers if you want. 
Uh, you can buy in America, there is an individually boxed orange version, which seems to be a lot more rare than the individually boxed gray version, but you can buy them individually, not just in uh, one of the action sets. Or and the there's box. an orange one too? There is an orange one, yeah. Ooh, I don't it's, have that. It's not very common. Um, so, so look out for that. And there was also this stupid thing, and I think it's a really funny thing to go find but if you're an accessory person it does have an official seal on it it's the nintendo deluxe sighting scope quick shot <laughs> so you can buy a scope for your zapper uh and it looks ridiculous the best part about it is if you look on their packaging it's got a guy who's got like racing gloves on you know with the holes in the knuckle and like the hole on, on the top of the hand you know obviously fingerless and he's got a zapper with this giant scope on it, it looks ridiculous so johnny why are boxed zappers? I'm not going to say they're like extremely common, but there's definitely multiple like nice boxed zappers on eBay right now. Yes. And who on planet Earth did not have a zapper? And the answer is people who bought the sports set or the the regular just the control deck. And like yeah, was du- I, I were mean, they play, maybe... playing it to play Duck Hunt? I think also they were I'm not going to say prone to breaking because Nintendo stuff back then was like pretty solid. Um, still is for the most part. But, you know, I think kids broke them maybe Damn. at a higher clip than, say, a controller. Especially given that there was the spring and the trigger, you know. I so know. maybe that's why. I'm just I'm just guessing. This, this but, then, is, but then if it was a replacement, you save the box like a crazy person. I still think anyone who saves packaging for anyone is crazy before it becomes collectible, obviously. I mean, also, like, maybe they didn't sell very well, so there was a bunch of dead stock, which would explain why there's still so many box copies lying around. Yeah, but most of them are incomplete. Like, the, there's oh, like. How do you have a com- incomplete box for the zapper? You just. I, it's it's got like little documentation in it. There's a the manual, and then I don't know if all of them. Some of them come with like that little that insert that's like a seal of quality. It's like kind of beige. Okay. Well. Anyway, so let's jump back into 16-bit times. Oh. Um, Super Nintendo, Sega. There, they make these really shitty gun games that require these awful-looking peripherals, and then you had Konami who made the Justifier. And a couple games that you could use the Justifier or play those games with the Justifier, which was a much cooler looking gun. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about the the Justifier, Tyler? Uh, Sure. The Justifier basically just came with lethal enforcers. I don't know if you could actually buy a Justifier on its own. That seems crazy. You you can. uh, Not for Nintendo, I don't think, though. Okay. Can you buy it for Sega Genesis on its own? Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. Yeah. Everyone I know who has one has it from Lethal Enforcers, which is incredibly common um, because the Lethal Enforcers, uh, it's a big box game for Genesis, Sega CD, and Super Nintendo. And the left side of the box is just a guy shooting you. It looks like Dirty Harry. And the right side of the box is just a giant gun. And it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Lethal Enforcers, uh, you could call it a controversial game because it's got digitized graphics of people and you're shooting them. In T2, do you shoot people? Not inten- like intentionally, I mean. I'm not sure, but maybe the first game where you shoot real people? Lethal Enforcers? I'm talking the arcade game now. I was going to say, maybe, uh, but like, don't you shoot... I guess Hogan's Alley, you don't shoot real people, right? They're cardboard cutouts. Yeah, I'm just saying with the digitized graphics. Oh, yeah. but I, oh, well, I you wa- know what? Uh, Wild Gunman 1974 is the same thing, yeah. but uh, I guess 
anything went in the 70s, there's no controversy there. Oh, I also wanted to throw this out. So uh, Hogan's Alley is just like, uh, is a term that's thrown around. Uh, like, I did not know this. It's like a generic term for like a t- uh, place that you do tactical training with with like guns. Like it's called the Hogan's Alley. I did not know this. Apparently Quantico for the FBI has one, but that wasn't made until like 1989 or eight, 1987. So Hogan's Alley for the Nintendo, which came out in 1985, I think 84 in Japan, predates all that. Crazy. Weird, right? Also, I don't even know who uh, Hogan is. Yeah, I don't know why it's <laughs> called that specifically, but uh, yeah, I always thought the guy on the cover of Hogan's Alley looked like my dad. So, uh, <laughs> fun fact. All right. Yeah. So, Lethal Enforcers, the, the Sega versions are like 80 to 100 bucks now, and Johnny looked up the SNES one and said it was $200. It has Nintendo on it, I believe you. 150 to 200 well, That's why it's confusing that the Menacer is more expensive than the Super Scope. I, I think the Super Scope is just two balls common, even though it says Nintendo. You know, and I said you could buy the Justifier by itself, and I, you know, I'm not actually seeing the individual boxed one. I know I have an individually boxed one uh, for the regular one and for the player, and one that says player two. Um, but I'm not seeing any on eBay sure right says now. second player, Johnny. Yes, oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, why do you got to bring up that game all the time? <laughs> also, I, uh, I could be, uh, wrong. Uh, so now I got to go look up a box to be right. Well, I'm just going to cut all this, Johnny. This is terrible. That's beautiful content. Anyways, doesn't matter. This episode's all over the place. You could say it's scattershot. Ah, hey. the box that the first box I found says bonus justifier game gun. I'm I I'm almost positive there's one that says second player. There is. There's one that says second player. There are there pink justifier variants, Johnny. It looks like there are. Yes, there there are, cool. and I think they are slightly different in color. I I've had two, uh, and it could be sun fade. I don't know, but I've looked at a few different ones. One is more of like a bubblegum pink, and one is more of a salmon. So. Uh, if you don't think that those are two different colors, you're wrong. Uh, go <laughs> check it out on a color chart. Get your eyes fixed. But yeah, they are. there's definitely two different colors. And like I said, that could be because of sun fading. But I, I think, you know, there's variants in the box. So, it, you know, it could have been a printing plant. Could have been the dying of that lot. Who knows? But I, I have seen them in slightly, slightly different shades. Uh, the pink justifier, it's like $120 loose. I saw a couple buy it now sell for that. And then I'm going to say $150 complete. I saw one that looked decent for $150, um, and, but the asking prices for ones on eBay now are all way more. Uh, the pink justifier is sweet. It's sweet because it's pink too. But uh, it's something that. that when I first started collecting, uh, just one of these items that popped out is like, oh, cool collectors have the pink justifier. Like that was one of the cool rare things. I remember thinking you're cool. If you have, I mean, it was it because you were following me back then. You're like, man, Johnny's cool. Definitely. Definitely that Johnny, like stack up is another one. Like, man, if you had stack up, you're the man. Uh, (laughs) I don't have a pink justifier. So, uh, I I don't know that I want to pay $200 for one, but it'd be cool to have one one day. You should definitely get one. They they are cool. And they do just look like revolvers. Like you could paint that thing and make it scary looking. Not a pink one, just a just fire in general. At a distance, I guess. Oh, looks like a gun. They're beefy. 
The pink justifier, it plugs into the blue justifier with a phone cable, so it's actually console agnostic. You could plug it into either the Genesis or the Super Nintendo one. Or the Sega and, CD. Well, that's just the Genesis one. It plugs into the it's same Sega place, CD. Johnny. It, but the box says Sega CD on it. The blues are slightly uh, different, I swear. I'm just kidding. I have no speaking idea. of Sega CD, Snatcher is the only game that matters that uses the justifier and it's like three times in the entire game maybe like four and they're a bunch of them are just like little shooting gallery mini games not and... uh, not mad dog mccree nope really <laughs> nope johnny we're not talking about fmv light gun games here uh we already oh. talked about the best one 1974's wild gunman i just want uh, to tell you that Mad Dog McCree is featured on another light gun you can get, and it's the rare light gun that I think is also on the 3DO, yeah. and you can get it for the Sega CD as well, and it's called the Game Gun. That's the name of it. Game is gun. there one of those on eBay? I forgot how rare it is. I know I had it's a save search for rare. Game Gun at one point, and I forgot if I gave up or it was just too expensive. Oh, man. If you... I hope... I hope uh you didn't have a safe or i hope i hope stefan didn't get rid of his because he might still have it and you might be able to get one from him because i gave him a nice one oh there's a day. bunch on on sold listings uh there's uh a it's player one and a player box, two though. set went for four hundred dollars and a complete in box one went for three hundred twenty five dollars uh yeah i'm not i'm not spending that for a 3do like on johnny yeah they don't know but you could seem that rare what's going on there's a lot of them in sold listings in sold listings but not with the box there's only a few with the box yeah i mean but you know three with a box for something that's quote-unquote rare i would consider a lot i mean it's not like the smash controller or something yeah i mean it's a 3do accessory anyway not paying 300 dollars for a 3do like gun, so it's kind of uh, side 3do or sega cd that has individual boxes for both oh uh, the sold one sega cd I think there's one of them was a 3DO. Oh no, I'm, I I literally searched for 3DO, so they're probably okay. Not. Yeah, they're all 3DO. Anyway, no all one, right. no. If we talk about 3DO, people are going to start clicking off this podcast, Johnny. I know. So let's keep it. I mean, we're already in dangerous water talking about Sega CD. <laughs> um, Max, Johnny, we we brought up Max on the show before. We, we have. If you uh, really so want to go into. Not too much. Like we did, uh, we talked a lot about it on the Super Nintendo episode. But basically, it's a military training rifle that you could play like a target shooting game with, and uh, just it's the multi-purpose arcade simulator or something. Um, that's what multi-arcade combat simulator. That's it. There we go. Um, yeah, go go check it out. It, it's a uh, a frightening thing, uh, hard to ship because it's either a fiberglass shell of an M16 or an M16, and I think maybe that's not, it's not the exact an M16. Right it's, it's not some weird it's gun M- that's a clone of an M16. Gen. Yeah, right. <laughs> but regardless, you know, it's a would be a nightmare to ship, and uh, they're pretty rare, pretty expensive. The carts alone on that thing go for like three hundred dollars. So if you're trying to get or three thousand dollars to two thousand dollars, if you're trying to get the rifle with it. Good luck. I don't even know what that costs today. Um, and also, if you're going to go get one, you're going to drive to go do it. Um, but there's the Max uh, Moving Target Simulator, and then the Basic Marksman Program, and there's like 1994.0 and uh, the 1.1.e. So 
So there's there's three cartridges and uh, someone oh, I, I wish I had a source. I could just go look it up right now. Someone reached out to someone in the military. Super collector dream TR, Jason Wilson. And they, they got a number of 600 each per cartridge. I think that was. Um, but that was just based on someone's memory. So that could totally be yeah. up in the air. And again, I, I, I hate bringing up things we already brought up. I think last year or maybe two years ago, there was a complete max, which it came in a crate with the 13 inch TV and the gun. And I forgot how many games it came with. Uh, it was like $50,000 or something, though. But who has a complete max? Not many people have that. No. It'd be hard to justify it. Johnny, you're a military man. Um, why does this game exist? It, it's not. Is it a game? I don't. I don't know if we can call I, it. A game. Why does this piece of software exist, Johnny? Why did don't, the military I, run out of bullets? They must have. This was somebody's good idea of like, look, the military's moving into the future. Like this was somebody creating a program to say that they did something to get some kudos and like just this was them showing they were doing something. But really, it was. It's just. Uh, Moving chairs around, you know, like, look, we did it. I've rearranged this. Uh, by the way, we're everyone's going to move desks today. Where well, I think we're going to swap depart. Like this department's going to move over here, and this department's going to move over there. It's literally just someone justifying their position. That's that's why I think this exists. Uh, why is it called Combat Simulator? If does anything shoot back at you in Max? As far I mean, as I see, it looks like a shooting range with very tiny gray targets on a field, or uh, I forgot what the other one looks like. I, it, but it know, looks boring, Johnny. Here, here's how I can see the presentation going. Uh, General Sir, here's our breakdown. If we create this simulator and we get enough soldiers on it, we're going to save approximately 1 million rounds, which is going to translate into X amount of dollars over... X amount of day, they're just going to like pump their numbers, right? They're just going to be like, look, we buy these video games. It's got a high upfront cost. It's going to cost us $75,000 to get a base install in, but we're going to save 10 cents a bullet or whatever it is over, you know, a million, million soldiers over, over X amount of years that they probably projected that they were going to be playing this stupid super Nintendo for 20 years. <laughs> and like, uh, like, and we're only have to replace it x amount of times and we're gonna save millions and they're like you're you're brilliant thanks for saving the military millions and really that was just like not a good idea and uh the marksmanship expertise you'd gain by playing a light gun video game absolutely on par with shooting a real gun down a range okay so can let, let's talk about something for a second not this is completely anecdotal so this is not facts or anything we're dealing with i will say i got a mar my marksman metal in the military Ooh. i didn't shoot many guns i mean i had shot real guns before but i i blame all of that on my nintendo gun shooting not <laughs> i that marksman's medal came from from my light gun skills not from uh my real rifle skills i mean i would say that it's possible that if you just play video games you might have better hand-eye coordination that's what that's what it is and Oh. And that's what I was going to tell you. I was going to say, it actually has nothing to do specifically with light guns, more of me just having developed hand-eye coordination. And then like, once you figure out, oh, like here's my sway and everything. And like this adjusting for distance, it just becomes how you would uh, adjust for anything else. And your hand-eye coordination takes over. So All right. yeah, it wasn't actually the light guns. I was, I was making a joke. 
<laughs> I, All right. <laughs> did it, I'm sorry. Did I steamroll through one of your jokes, Johnny? That's never happened before. No, no. You did fine. You did. You did great, Tyler. I actually, you did perfect because you're like, no, shouldn't this be hand? You did the exact Tyler thing I expected you to do. Okay. All right. So now I've had to meta you. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to say. So here's how Tyler is going to respond to it. So instead, I should do this. That's where we are now in our, our level of friendship and co hosting this. Wow. We're like, uh, flow like water, Johnny. It's pretty great. Like water? I'm not going to say any racially charged company names here, Johnny. All right, cool. Go on. <laughs> uh, should you buy Max? No. Part of the set? Does it count? No. Nope. nope. It's not a retail item. Get away from it. Who cares? As someone uh, who owns it, who cares? Move on. It's neat. Like, if you need collection toppers, if you need your collection plus items, then yeah, go grab one. But if not, then move on. And plus, set collecting is dead. Like this, so this is only I, a thing for like <laughs> the most extreme set collectors or people who want to just like super high end something. So we get away from this thing. If you're just a normal human being, please avoid this. the The thing with Max is that it. I don't remember how much a Donkey Kong competition cartridge costs. Um, I think it's about thirty five hundred now, right? Yep. And like you have a Donkey Kong. Oh no, because that has the box. Anyway, you buy a Star Fox competition cartridge, and it's like okay, you have the thing. You buy a max cartridge, and it's like, okay, but you need the gun, kind of. And the gun is like, where do you even get one? Because uh, they're so rare. Anyway, Johnny. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, don't buy max. But if you have max, Tyler thinks you're cool. So, good job. There. It's cool, but, you know, like, please avoid. Tell tell us about another ridiculous gun game and An- gun object. Oh, another ridiculous gun object. Uh, Johnny. Is it the Elemental Gearbolt Assassin's Case? Yeah, tell uh, me about PlayStation, and w- like, let's move into the, the next generation. No, like, PlayStation starts to figure out what went wrong with light gun games and starts to make them a little better. They don't capture it, but no, they do better. No, it's not PlayStation. It's literally Namco. Namco's like, hey, guys, we're going to do gun games right for the 3D age. Here's the gun con. And... All the beloved games are just Namco games. Well, no, there's ju- there is a justifier on the PlayStation as well. Okay, yes, there is a green Konami justifier on the PlayStation. Or black, I- if you go overseas. But Time Crisis and Point Blank are uh, Namco games, right? Both of those are. Yeah. So what Konami like on game is there on PlayStation? Lethal Enforcers One and Two Combo okay. Pack. My point exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Everything else on this list is bullshit, including Max, compared to the Elemental Gear Bolt Assassin's case. Because it says working designs on it, Johnny. Uh, Elemental Gear Bolt, it's a game that was, there was a contest. It's a, it's a light gun shooter, obviously. Uh, they, working designs had a contest at E3 1998, where I don't, I couldn't find the details of the contest. I'm assuming you just play the game and some high scores win this case. It's an aluminum briefcase that has Elemental Gearbolt embossed onto the briefcase itself. It's got those little rolly number locks on it. And you open it up, and it's just got a regular retail copy of Elemental Gearbolt in it, and this sort of gold-plated gun con. It's not actually gold-plated. It, it like, is some kind of paint or something. Looks amazing, and they only made 50 of them. And there's two variants. 
There's a, a variant with a gold memory card, which is the good variant. And then there's a variant with a red memory card, which is the something went wrong with the rest of the memory cards. So we just swapped them out for these red memory cards variant. Sorry if you if you only have the red memory card variant, uh, maybe one of our patrons game rave. But uh, either way, it's like the holy grail of PlayStation. Is it though? Because uh, like I go back and forth. Like it's neat, but really it's just the gun. The gun and the memory card are the unique thing in the case because it's just a retail copy of the game in there. They didn't do anything special with the game. It's a retail copy of the game. Even it got is. the dumb win ten thousand dollars sticker on it. Yep. Just like Nintendo World Championships gold is just a spray-painted gold cartridge, Johnny. That's all it takes. Make something gold, and collectors are like, oh my god. There's something gold, and there's only double digits of them? We love gold, Johnny. That's why Link to the Past would have been so much better if it was gold. The best part about this is it comes with a note from Working Designs. It's on Working Designs letterhead, and it basically says, don't use the gun. If you're too sweaty, the gold will wear off. So, like, probably everyone who won this, like, Working Designs, like, they're a collector company. They're, they love their variants. They love their little promo stuff. Like, this was meant to be put on a shelf. It's just so funny that they specifically include a note that's basically like, yeah, by the way, just don't use it. <laughs> we talked about this in our Five Golden Things episode, didn't we? Oh, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I know we talked about the Super Nintendo controllers, uh, which also have a similar problem. We made this gold stuff. Please don't use it. Like, you're supposed to just collect this stuff. It's like getting a signed book and then, like, reading the out of it. You're like, what are you doing? Just go buy a different copy. Leave that one alone. Oh, am I not allowed to read signed books? No. I mean, you could, but you could just also go buy a regular copy and not worry about messing up your nice signed one. Eh. I'll probably read my signed book. I play my signed copy in Ninja Gaiden because it's cool to play the signed copy, Johnny. Okay, Tyler. That That is... It's cool. That is ridiculously It's bad like advice. the director's watching over me and my ninja skills. No, it is not like that. <laughs> There's nothing like that. Uh, did I say that not all of them might have been given away? You did not. That's. I don't think there's a source that can confirm that. But I don't think 50 were given away at E3. So something happened to the rest of them, whether they were given to working designs employees or just filtered out there. They probably aren't gone, but they just were distributed somehow otherwise all right yeah okay so uh other gun con games a time crisis and time crisis project titan like if you're looking for the one with the gun con which you should they're the big box ones like 80 to 150 dollars depending on condition for either of these sometimes a little more sometimes a little less uh the harder to find ones are the point blank games uh there's point blank one two and three they also had big boxes most of them are like they're kind of available, but they're always like two hundred dollars or more. Uh, you know, as high as three fifty for some of them. Like, and, and they like pop in and out. Which is the harder one to find? Right now, I think two is the harder one to find. So, kind of annoying. It's the one I'm. I happen to be missing too. So, yeah. Anyways, so PS One and Namco are trying to bring the gun back as a uh, Nintendo flounders with this. Like I said, there's that justifier that's out there, but no one really cares about that. You got Elemental Gearbolt by Working Designs, and they, you know, pretty much say play it with a gun con, but not that gold one, because uh, <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that. Anyways, that, that's it pretty much for PS1, but it will continue on to the PS2, but 
there's some other systems uh, in there before PS2, like the Dreamcast, Tyler. The Dreamcast has like some good games. Saturn has a couple of Gun Kong games, right? Even before that, you got Virtual Cop. What? No, no. Don't get me started. You, I mean, they're arcade perfect. Okay. Yes, the Saturn has bad ports of good Sega arcade games, such as Virtual Cop 1 and 2, which both have uh, big box gun bundles. They do. Uh, which I learned on Instagram from someone. I didn't have these uh, when I was collecting Saturn. Uh, I did buy them even as much as I disparaged the Saturn arcade ports. And then there's also House of the Dead. I have nothing to say about them. Just buy the Virtual Cop bundles, I guess. But, like, really, one of the best light gun games that people love is House of the Dead 2, which came out on the Dreamcast and definitely came with a gun, right? It didn't, Johnny. Why not? Because Columbine happened. Oh, does everybody remember what Columbine was? This is, if you don't know, this was a rare time in America where it was very uncommon for somebody to walk into a school with a gun and shoot people. It was... Uh, it was national moment uh yeah. before it before like bad shootings happened all the time anyway yeah. Yeah. sega before was like America. we can't release a, a toy gun after this but you know who can mad cats can they don't yeah. have a reputation those cats are mad you know what i'm saying <laughs> so I mean, if you really want to you can get the original dreamcast gun it's just called the dreamcast gun uh from japan it costs nothing it's like 20 dollars complete in box and you could play House of the Dead to name another Dreamcast like on game, Johnny. I I literally I'm just not a Dreamcast guy. Uh I you know, I don't know. I'm also not a Dreamcast guy. Great. I'm I'm less of a Dreamcast guy than you are. Uh, impossible. <laughs> no, you're the one who came back around and talked about their ports at least being good. Uh yeah. Good ports, but also uh only console only 3D console that ever cared about 60 frames a second. Uh so I have to give it a lot of respect for that. That's not mm. like, let's move on. It's okay. uh, like, and I'm not trying to disparage Columbine, but you know, uh, you know, or national tragedies of shooting, but they just have become a lot more common. If you don't know, like when Columbine happened, it was such a, I was in the military and it was such a major impactful moment. Like people didn't know what to do. They were like wrecked. And not that they still aren't, but now it's just like, oh, there was another shooting. There was another shooting. And and followed up with phrases like, the most American thing I ever heard was, and then he pulled out his gun, um, which is something that the foreign press has started to say about us. So it's like, well, we, we got to this guy. And I'm not, I'm not trying to talk to you guys about gun laws or what should or shouldn't be done, because I don't have a good answer for that. And you know, I don't like to talk about politics on the show. I'm just saying, at the time was a very impactful moment it was like a super big deal such a big deal that when a game that like really was in arcades with a light gun was suddenly like no let's not do that Uh, like a major brand said uh this is too big of a thing and we have to stop and you know games that had images of guns on them and stuff they like start to edit images walmart starts to put stickers on things that that's the kind of level of response uh, that people were having when this game came out. So it was, it's not just like, uh, you know, a small moment. It was like huge news, much bigger than what happens now. I mean, this was Sega, the quote unquote, yeah. cool kids, adult company. And they're yeah. still like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't put out a gun right now. Yeah. So that I means it's just like I said, it was like, it was 
the outcome is pretty much the same, but you know, people at least <laughs> exhibiting some token responses were uh, more apparent. All right, now we let's get out of the politics and right into the PS2 GunCon 2. It was a big improvement over the GunCon 1. GunCon 1 was pretty good, like it was a solid peripheral, much the way the Zapper was like a pretty solid peripheral. Like you felt pretty confident when you were shooting it that you were like, it wasn't just a piece of junk and you were missing because it was bad, unlike say the Super Scopes or the Ministers of the Day. The GunCon 2 like really took things to the next level. That was kind of a pain in the ass to set up. But Damco kept pushing, and they they have this again this little subset with their games. They have Time Crisis Two comes out, huge seller. Time Crisis Three, then the Time Crisis Crisis Zone, Vampire Night, Ninja Assault, um, then like the Resident Evil Survivor series uh, that was on PS2 that you could play. So there there was just a lot going on. Cool set to collect. Well, I mean, I don't know what things are now, but last I checked. Those games don't cost that much, and if no, you have like a GunCon 2 set up, you might as well literally own every single PS2-like gun game. Yeah, I love these games. I loved playing them. When they came out, I bought a new one, and I was always like, mm, should I buy the big box with it? And the answer was always yes. I'm like, I, I could just always use another light gun. I, di- I didn't buy Time Crisis 3 or Time Crisis Zone, but I had two Vampire Night and Ninja Assault, and I was very happy about that back when I was like actively like when they came out. I've just got the DVD cases like a normal person, Johnny, because I'm just not a good collector or just because I this is too new for me in terms of collecting. Don't have the space for it. I yeah, do have a Time I Crisis mean, 3 big box, though. Uh, the other cool thing you could do uh, if you imported it, you could get the Time Crisis 1 and Point Blank Collection and bring that over. If you could play imported games because they had that for the PS2. So, yeah, these were like really cool GunCon 2 was just so good. It felt so good in your hand. You had fun playing. Like if you had a big enough TV, a big enough CRT back back in the day, and I did, I had this like, it felt massive at the time, but it was this 36 inch CRT. And me and my friend would be standing in my living room, just like running through these games. Felt awesome. Like, oh man, it's like better than the arcade. We felt that way. Um, or just like the arcade. Like, yes, this is the best. And uh, And then we moved on to kind of the no time for light guns as we move into TVs changing and, you know, going to LCD and plasma and guns just not working on newfangled TVs. And then like you got the PS three trying to make the gun con three happen with time crisis four. And that gun sucks widely panned. No one liked it. It's still not uh, like you can still get that big box for like twenty five thirty dollars Probably pay more in shipping, but yeah, what a what a piece of garbage that gun was. Yeah, Sucked. Johnny, you know what? You know what technology the GunCon Three uses the exact same technology in a Wii remote, and no one is like, man, every Wii light gun shooter is f-ing garbage because the Wii motion controls get such a pass just because they're like built in, even though they're horrible. I hate the Wii, and that playing a light gun game means that you're pointing. Not where you're actually aiming. So you have to like aim relatively rather than directly. And that is my least favorite thing in a light gun game. True. But at least the Wii had some like light gun games coming back. They had a lot actually. And like, which I enjoyed, but it was not, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. So, and after this, like light gun games kind of die. 
This this is the death of a lichen, right? They live here. on on the Wii for like a decade, don't they? Well, I mean, you can say those, but those don't feel right, and you don't have like the trigger. Like nothing feels good. You don't have like yeah. a good gun that you use with them. They're just like some fine games. Like you've got the Zelda crossbow training and stuff. Like you've got the Resident Evil games. There's a bunch of games I enjoy. House of the Dead is on there. But you're never having the same experience. I don't know. Like, I've heard of some companies, like, bringing the light gun back. And I would love to see, like, a nice light gun that actually works with, a, you know, a good sensor that you plug in, like, to your to your PlayStation or something. And, and make this work. And that has, like, some force feedback. Because the technology should be there for us to be able to do this and have a nice light gun experience. I miss, I miss pointing a gun at my TV and shooting things. I mean, you still can. Uh, you probably have a CRT. I don't. Johnny, what are you doing? <laughs> you you have all these big box PS2 gun con games. You can go to the thrift store and get a CRT to play. Them. I don't want a CRT in my home. I uh, I don't need that. I, I understand. Light gun games are sometimes food. Yes. Um, in and, terms of and the- now I go to arcades when I want that. That's like, I'll yeah. just go to an arcade. But I think. Our modern arcade games, I don't think are light gun games. I think all those like Transformers, Deadstorm, Pirates, all that, they have sensors built into the handles. So it's not actually pointing where you're shooting. They're just really well calibrated controllers. Uh, okay. Not that the technology behind the gun matters. I'm just saying. No, I don't care. Like, if you give me some force feedback and it feels good, but also, like, I still go to an arcade and just play, you know, House of the Dead 2. House of the Dead 2 is still just a thing you can find out in the world. Yeah. Because House of the Dead 2 is awesome. Also, House of the Dead three, really good. Is there house? Is there House of the Dead four? Is that the super hard one? To find out in the out in the world now. Uh, well, it's hard to find. Well, I don't know, but so that was one of the ones at my local arcade. Uh, when I was in like high school, I guess. So I don't know. I've never seen one since because, from what I remember, it was like massive, like sixty five inch screen. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was. I uh, my theater had this like one section for some arcade games, and it was just like the giant lobby of the theater, so they could fit this massive thing over in the corner, and you just go stand over there and uh, you know pump a couple bucks into that thing and go to town. Yeah, uh, theater lobbies good place for some some light gun games. If you have Especially a theater lobby, throw a ones. Time Crisis two in there. Please do. <laughs> uh, except that people treat all those guns so badly, I can't imagine. I, the upkeep on those has to be a nightmare. I mean, I don't know if, if replacement parts are available. If you're routing an arcade game like that, I just imagine you just expect to replace the guns however many weeks or months. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyways, uh, that's uh, that's games. That's, that's light gun games. Do you have any more you want to talk about on that? No, just go get the Magnavox Odyssey shooting gallery. That's the only cool one. Untru- uh, all right. Uh, my, my, real, my real thing to remember, I'll say... Uh, Make sure your power set and action set have the gray zapper, Johnny. That'll be a Nintendo thing people actually care about. Yeah. And the orange box, uh, the orange individual box is rare, so look for that. The fun subset is the PS2 gun games. Those are all around $80. Look for that. And if you're buying Saturn Virtual virtual Cup, uh, buy buy the big box versions, because they are cooler. (laughs) Great. Great insight. Thanks. Yes. The big ones are cooler. They are cooler. Great insight. Am, am I wrong? You're not. You're not wrong. How much are the they? One, 
100 bucks each. Let's say we're in 2021. 175 dollars each. I mean, who knows? It's Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn was always expensive, and now it just never caught up. It, it could still be like 125. Just look. We'll just. Look. I know. I'm Virtual. looking now. Uh, here is one Virtual Cop one for 190. Okay. And I don't see another one listed right now. We can go to the sold listings, though, Johnny. This is okay. content we're doing right now. Oh, is that what this is? Yeah, you could get the lamest Virtua Cop, which is the like the pack-in disc. Like it's just the CD cardboard box. Don't get that one. That's the worst possible choice. They're like 150, 200 each. There you go. See, not a big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Just totally cheap. In today's day and age, when people are paying six thousand dollars for games, or you know, four thousand dollars for you know Zelda Wii U, uh, you know, this seems like a very reasonably priced item. Don't 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 get me started, Johnny. I, like, no, people please. are like telling Tell me, me I have like too many people arguing with me. Like, no, you're wrong, Tyler. Tens are cool. Like, God damn it, Johnny. No, okay. All right, we're you filling get back, the listeners in. Go okay, on eBay right now. Look for Zelda Wii U, sort by highest price. There's a Wada 10 Zelda Twilight Princess remake. That's just the DVD case. So it's the DVD case and it's a 10. And it sold for $4,000. What? So there's a picture in the listing of the original box it was taken out of because Twilight Princess on the Wii U was only sold in a big box. So it's the inner box. Of the big box, that's a perfect grade, implying that it's, like, the best condition it could possibly be in, but it's not complete! It's missing the packaging, so it doesn't even matter! It's nothing! Johnny, it would be like if we started opening all the sealed games to look for the perfect 10 CD, and then we're like, we found it. All the other CDs are 9.8s, but this CD is a 10. Let's grade it. And now it's worth $2,500. The whole point of that, why it's impressive to have something in like perfect condition is because the packaging gets damaged. If you just remove the packaging that's damaged and grade the internals, what are you grading? You're not grading a video game. You're grading part of a video game. Yeah, it it's stupid. It, it should be marked as incomplete. Was this was this a WADA sale or was this uh, VGA? It was WADA. It was probably it was graded this way because WADA doesn't grade big box games. This this is so horrible. It, it, you ruin the complete item and then you give it this grade. You're like, but basically this should be given a, a non sale because the the outer box that it comes in is the seal and it's broken now. This is stupid. It's like the dumbest shit I've ever seen, actually. So To be clear, I'm not complaining about the seller, because the seller basically hit the jackpot. They got the, the Wada 10, whatever, you know. Those are hard to get. I understand. But whoever is valuing this nonsense at $4,000, like, my only thought is that they're a Wada collector, not that they're collecting video games that have been graded by Wada. They're collecting sort of curiosities that are part of WADA games. Like, they're collecting the history of WADA games. Maybe they collect test games. Maybe they collect mistakes that WADA makes, because there are mistakes that WADA makes. And maybe they collect 10s. And a 10 Zelda is a novel thing to have in a WADA case, even though the object itself is f***ing meaningless. Yeah, so even on the certification note from WADA, so it's, like, sealed. Uh, Overall, great. 
10, A++, stupid. Sealed grade, A++, stupid. Just put a number there. Box grade, 10. Why are we mixing numbers and letters? This is stupid. Stop it. Uh, greater notes from Sealed Wolf Link Amiibo box set. Notice the word from Sealed Wolf Link. No, now it's just from Wolf Link Amiibo box set because it's not sealed anymore. Does no one see the f***ing problem here? What is the appeal of a sealed game, Johnny? It's that it has the original packaging and it's untouched. I agree. <laughs> I don't. This one's touched. It's, I don't understand. I mean, it's just the circle jerking and f***ing of the own self here is amazing. I don't. I, I'm Tyler. I'm with you. I, I'm with right. you. I don't. This is so stupid to me. I get that the thing is in perfect condition as that part of the object, but it's incomplete. Where's the amiibo? Where's the outer box? This is an what incomplete game. What was the amiibo game. grade, Johnny? <laughs> what was the outer box grade? I don't know. This should just be marked as incomplete. It's like perfect, but incomplete. Like this little note just doesn't do it for me. And then also the guy who sold it, get the f*** out of here with your ugly ass blue light. What is, what is this? What am I looking at here? You're putting blue light on a blue case. I just whatever. He doesn't need to take pictures of it. It's a ten, Johnny. It must be perfect. I mean, a lot of stringent. I like. I believe it's it's it is the best DVD case that has ever been manufactured. I believe I it. I agree. I know a lot of stringent with that. Yeah, but you have you ever look at the back of it? It's like, oh yeah. By the way, from the sealed Wolf Link Amiibo box set. Also, Johnny. Another factor of sealed games is that we pretend the insides are perfect and that it doesn't matter. If there is a a sealed 10 Sega Genesis game, no chance that manual is a 10. We're just nope. pretending that the manual's perfect and untouched. That manual's f***ed. It's rattling around a Sega Genesis case. Are all the CDs that just pop out of their disc holders just, like, fall out? Yeah. I mean, that's a separate thing, but... I'm just saying, all that exists. So, are they downgrading for that? Like, what what is happening? This is just... Look, I, I love the guys over there, but when when shit like this is graded, and then people have all these questions, and then they talk all their shit, it, it makes it very hard to defend, right? You're just like, okay, guys, like, what? why is this a thing? Why are why is this here? Why are, why are we I'm looking not, at this? I'm not hating on wada for this no because uh, no i don't know what wada prices are right now but it's like over a hundred dollars to grade a game period i think maybe it's like seventy dollars to grade a sealed game so if someone wants to pay him seventy dollars to grade f-ing a wii u game they're gonna take it regardless of whether they're opening a big box or not yeah i mean i i get that i'm just saying like when when you're talking about the wada grading system and like when people complain about it like this, this is like a really easy fix, right? Like just give this a different distinction. Give it a 10 with a note up front. Like this, it's like when they take games out of other box sets, you know, all the PS2 box sets that come with sealed games in them. And it says very distinctly part of a set in there and they grade it. It's no longer part of a set when you do that. Just stop it. Grade the whole thing or don't grade it at all. I don't. I mean, it's I, like, I don't have a solution for them. I. It's, there's an easy solution. Like, it's more. Find, it's crazy. Find a bigger box, or just say we don't grade those right now, and we don't grade things that are part of a set. Like we would have to say this is incomplete, right? I don't know. If if I was Watt, I'd be taking their money. The thing that gets me, Johnny, not only is there a seller market where like the same thing happens with the 
uh, GameCube big box games, people are like, oh, my big box for my Mario Party 6 is kind of f***ed up. And everyone's like, oh, just pop that open and send it to Wada. It'll be perfect. <laughs> um, not only is there a seller's market for people doing that, there's a buyer's market of people buying these games afterwards, and neither of them make sense to me. No, both sides are wrong. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's why I said it's a circle jerk of f***ery happening, because it's the buyers and the sellers interacting with each other in a way that is stupid. It's stupid. Like, why is this a thing? Like, if Wada says it's not about the money, and they clearly have enough business because they can't take submissions, like, they should just take a stand on this kind of nonsense and do it. Especially when you're talking about, oh, you know, I like, when I defend Wada over things like VGA, I say, well, Wada knows what they're doing. They know about games. They know the particulars. They know all the shit that VGA doesn't, right? So if I'm going to trust someone with games and knowing about gaming history, I'm going to go over to Wada because they know. But then they do shit like this, and you're like, well... Like what? Like they know that this isn't right. Like this is not the complete thing. So what? What's going on? Like this, I, I, I detest this. I, I hate mean, every part of this. I don't. They, they it becomes a thing where like, where are they going to make the judgment call? Are they going to stop grading challenge set Mario threes? Because technically that came inside a challenge set. So we should only grade the full challenge set. No, I, I didn't say you don't grade it. You just like you either don't grade it or you put like you put a notation up front, like fine, it got a ten, but also it's got like this incomplete marker on top because it's part of a set. This has been excised from its original packaging. You just you can do that. Like, look, so if everyone wants to agree that it's still fine, you just put a marker on the I mean their markers so just everyone, the notes on the like, put all sorts of like, not, negative notes on the back. I know, but like put it up front, like <laughs> If you're going to do it, make it make it apparent to everybody because if you don't know that this is part of a set, you just see, oh man, this is a Zelda and it's a 10. And don't tell me that there isn't a bunch of know-nothings out there just buying things because they say 10 because we both know that there are. Just do the right thing. Just make it more right. apparent. We'll, we'll agree to disagree that this is Wada's fault. I mean, you know, partially. But I'm not saying it's Wada's Like, look, I'm just saying it, it's fine now, but like Really, you have to consider what the hell's going on. It, so my first thought, uh, my first thought was like, was this released standalone, not in a big box? No, it was only released in the big box. Uh, second thought, uh, someone thought that someone thought you know this was just the game. It's the Zelda game, and it never came in a big box. The description of the the listing on eBay, it's like two sentences and it was like very clearly, I just had this taken out of the big box and I got a 10. How great is that? And then there's a picture on the listing showing the big box it was taken out of. So like, it's super clear that this is uh, just the internal uh, game. I, this is, like, I don't know, we've been talking about this for 10 minutes, Johnny. This is why I didn't want to talk about it. This is just setting me off. I'm being negative Tyler over here. I'm being confused at what's going on in video games. I don't understand something. And when I can't wrap my head around something, it, it just gnaws at me, Johnny. So what, <laughs> what are you buying? What are you playing, Johnny? That's, I mean, that's what, <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the second part of the show. What are you buying or what are you playing? All right. Uh, actually, do you want to do your collector's question? Ooh, good, good. Not missing on that one. Let me, uh, let me go grab a collector's question, Johnny. Is set collecting dead, Johnny? If I want to collect an NES set, should I start now or wait? Asks SNK2D forever. Um, I'm not sure if he's asking this seriously or not. It seems like he could be potentially asking it seriously, but I think he mostly just wants to hear us okay. talk. About it. Go ahead. What, what's your hot take? Should I start now or wait? Oh God. 
Is it dead? Well, first, answer the first question. Is it dead? I mean, no, obviously, set collecting's not dead. Set collecting's probably bigger than ever because not in terms of the vintage stuff, just like how many people are collecting sealed Switch sets, like actively as the games come out, just because there's so many more people with bigger budgets just into game collecting. Or, or like even like, you know, 50% sealed Switch sets. It's crazy to me. I've, I've seen just the biggest Switch collections all the time. I think set collecting is very much alive and well. And limited the people into limited run games are, they kind of need it to be alive. Because the whole idea of buying, you know, the anime game no one cares about, only printed to 1,700 copies in this particular SKU, is that, well, only 1,700 people will be able to complete the Switch set. Uh, so it needs to be alive in that sense, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think there are people who are still going for some sets. I would say it's dead for some systems though. Like I think the dream of collecting a NES sealed, or uh, like a NES set, uh, inbox is kind of like over. I, I think a lot of things just, uh, it's not over, right? Like you could do it, but it's just, you have to be ready to come with the expense that is, um, I mean, there are literally people in the past, you know, two, three years that just came into video games and they're like, I want an NES set. Got it. And <laughs> just bought literally 700 NES games. I mean, Stefan isn't here to defend himself, so I don't feel like you should be throwing him around. Like uh, 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 did it. Well, he sold his, he had no. a loose set, and but he sold it all yeah. at once to someone. He didn't sell the stadium events, though, of course, right? Doesn't no. count. It's not a set. Uh, so, yeah, I it's like look, you can uh, with anything you can if you want to. It, it's not, I think, or I I say dead, but it's in the sense that like Tyler, when we started collecting, right? Remember that was like the dream. Everyone's dream was like, I'm gonna get a whole nest set. Like I don't think that's where the collecting, uh, you know, focus is anymore. I think it's moved off of that. You know, it, it before it was that was like. It wasn't just like one guy, like that one weirdo over there named Johnny was going for a set. It was like, that's what you did. You just collected sets. And if you couldn't, you were like kind of poor. So you you are one of the poor people. I'm answering like Tyler. <laughs> um, you know, or are you just, you cared about carts only, or you were just collecting the things you love. But like a lot of people, the set was the thing that was every, what everyone was going for, trying to get it. And that's why stadium events mattered because it was this object that was almost unobtainable because of for whatever reason, it was rare and super expensive and you'll never get the whole set. God, it's hard to do this. And now it's just like, well, man, you got that, uh, you got that Matt sticker seal Mario or what, man? Who cares? You know, we just, collecting's just kind of moved a different way and the, the breed of people who have the kind of money to throw around just aren't necessarily interested in that. So it's still alive. Like I'm still over here trying to finish the stupid Wii set uh, and the Xbox set, you know, like I just got to go find out how to buy 200 more games in my life uh, that I don't care about. But yeah, I mean, there are still people doing it. It can be done, but it's not the thrust anymore. Yeah, I mean, in terms of future value type of thing, like 80% of the bulk crap on NES uh, will not increase in price as fast as, say, the other good games you may want to buy with that money instead, uh, I believe, in the future, anyway. 
three years ago we said like, oh well, if you can't afford sets, just go get good stuff. Just go get the nicest copies of of Super Mario Brothers three and and Ninja Gaiden and all your favorite games. And now that's like the expensive thing to do, <laughs> and the quote unquote cheap thing to do would be just buy garbage, which is what set collectors do. So I, anyway, I don't think prices have increased so much that set collecting is dead from a price standpoint, because um, these exponential increases can't last forever. Like, I wouldn't wait. So the other half of the question, should I wait for yeah, prices you- to come down? I just, just find, there's always deals. Not everything is on fire at all times. So find the deals. And if you need to wait on yeah. like a particular game that's hot right now, like Pokemon Red, might maybe not the best time to buy Pokemon Red. Uh, wait on stuff like that. Also, I think now more than ever is the time to be opportunistic and really like make, if you are going to try and collect a set, you really need to set your boundaries pretty quickly here. Like, what are you doing? What conditions are acceptable? Like, what are you trying to get? Like, is any condition acceptable for a box except for your best games, your favorite games, or, you know, like make your rules now because, Deals will pop up and you don't want to be like, I don't really know what I'm doing and then get wishy-washy and then miss the opportunity to pick up a good item. And if you're saying like, I only want to collect nice stuff, better condition stuff, like you got to be in the thick of it all the time because nice box stuff just doesn't exist. I mean, this all depends on what set you're collecting too. So the rules change a little bit, but if you're like in Super Nintendo, Nintendo, like Genesis, like the nicer stuff, completer stuff. It's just less and less. So you really got to be out there and be ready. So is the answer to do it now? Yeah, if you're doing it, you should be doing it now just to to be able to snap up things when they come. Because if you don't, somebody else is going to. But then they're going to snap it up to resell it and then you can buy it later, Johnny. When the market all or crashes. triple the money. We can't predict the future, yeah, well, especially well, right now. We, we No. Uh, no, no, no. I, I had, uh, I was trying to listen to some finance stuff and uh, someone came in talking about sports cards and they started to talk about weekly trends and I wanted to punch them in the face because there's no such thing as a weekly trend. And I just want everyone to know this. There is no such thing as a weekly trend. Trends aren't built over weeks. Okay. that That's just mm-hmm. random fluctuation and noise. Please give the things the time they need to see what a trend is. Like, a month is still a, an incredibly short amount of time to tell me what a trend is. It's like, if you get into the loosest definition of trend, you're like, yeah, well, over two days, you can just see a trend of this and this. Hap- it's, yeah, sure. But when we're talking about market trends and how they should be properly developed, give it some more breathing room. Don't come in hot talking about weekly trends. It's like, oh, some things fluctuated over there. Yeah, this looks like it's going up. It could be trending up. It's, it looks like it's trending up now, but then like a tank in like four days and you look like a fool. So like maybe, maybe have a better length of data than a week. That's all I'm saying. That's some good advice, John. Like eight days. Uh, one so, follow up. Yeah. Don't trust anyone who says that either. <laughs> okay, Johnny. Uh, that sports card market moves very quickly. I understand that. But they were, this was a guy from sports cards coming in talking about games and stuff. And I was like, Get out of here. Dork Overlord asks, what is the absolute worst system to collect for and why? I mean, that's that's a many pointed question. And it it, the reason why varies on on each system. Like 
the CDI to me seems like the worst thing in the world to collect for. Like, honestly, I think I would rather stab myself in the arm or something than, than try and ascertain what the hell's going on on the CDI. Okay. So there's like videos, different box types, you know, it's just a horrible system to play for. Not good games. It's like a bunch of movies. Seems real bad. So it, I agree. CDI is bad. One thing it's got going for it is it has a lot of exclusives. So, okay, I'll give you I that. I'll give you exclusives. It basically, every time you get something in the mail, it's something you don't have, which is more That's fun nice. to me than say Atari seventy eight hundred, which is entirely arcade ports. I mean, or even modern collecting when you're like. I've got four copies of this game because it's on the PS2, the PS3, the Xbox 360. Like, yeah. that's gross. Yeah. Um, I'd say for retro games, I still think I pick CDI just because I, I think it's hard to collect for. Um, game Gear is also kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, not well, the worst, but it's a pain because the different box types and knowing what regions came with what and all the Majesco variants. Like, you know... And also the boxes are super flimsy and that's annoying. I mean, but that's that that's a way to go super deep is by just knowing all that stuff. And a lot of the Game yeah. Gear stuff is just so rare that you become an immediate cool guy by collecting Game Gear. I'm just trying to talk through the points like right. uh, of of what people would think is bad. Like Game Boy might be bad just because of the prices. Like everything on Game Boy, if you want a box, is just absurd. It, that's how it feels. Um PlayStation 2, the library is gigantic, so that seems kind of hard. I, DS is, like, super big, too, and that seems, like, kind of gross. I'm disagreeing with most of your choices as the absolute worst system to collect I'm, for. I'm not saying, like, I'm just, I, I'm trying to answer for many different people on, like, what they would find things to be the worst about. That's what, that's how I address the question okay. to begin with. Like it depends. Like my personal choices, I don't want to collect the CDI and I gave my reasons why. I was, but I'm looking for like what other people might identify on where they are in collecting and why it would be bad. Um my I would say 32X is up there because one there's no it's good games small. on it. <laughs> it's But it's small. It's small and then the top 2 it's games It's small and not that expensive. Have you seen Spider-Man prices? Doesn't matter. You only got to buy like 20 games. Oh. Who cares? Oh my God. And then you have what? A 32X set? Yeah. I mean, after spending doesn't really some matter thousands because it's part of, of the Genesis set anyways. All right. All right. You can, you're allowed to, uh, to argue against my things. Um, I already said Atari 7800. You know, I hate ports. And uh, uh, I mean, also like, can we just say maybe collecting Atari in general? Because no, there are no Atari rules. Atari 2600 is fantastic to collect. There's no rules. That's what You'll makes know, it it's fun. Like, it's just also impossible. You can't, no, you can't collect the... Se- like, okay, maybe it's the worst because you, you can't get Gamma Attack, but like... That's the, the worst. Uh, but making subsets is fun, so it's not the absolute worst. They said what? Just f*** the Atari. Also, it's a bunch of trash. It's all trash. It's not all trash. Um, I played, I played some Atari this year. There's more trash than I remember there being. For some reason, I got into my head that all Activision games are bangers. Uh, all Activision games are not bangers. Love you, David Crane, but the Activision Decathlon is not a good game. Uh, Action Max, Johnny. Uh, there are five Action Max VHS tapes. Four of them are worthless, and one is so rare it never comes up. It's like I don't maybe two three hundred dollars, but uh, 
it's just such a dumb system to collect because it's basically worthless besides one VHS tape. And, uh, I'll also give a shout out to Hyperscan. You have to get all the cards, which uh, I don't remember if uh, VG Collectaholic is in the process of doing, but I know he he's talked about it with me, getting all the Hyperscan cards. Get all the Hyperscan I, cards, no. Johnny. No, 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 no. You got any others that are your picks? No, those are, those are all pretty bad. Okay. All right. That's cool. Yeah, that, that was a fun topic. Johnny, what are you buying? What are you playing? Okay, well, let me tell you what I'm buying. Virtua Cop for the <laughs> Sega Saturn. Are you serious? No, I own the big boxes already. Don't okay, be Okay, I'm just checking. Um. Okay, let's see. What did I buy that came in? Um, I got some more Wii games uh, that I've been showing off. Uh, hey, thank you, Metal Slugger, Andy, for sending me out some games. That was very nice of you. Uh, he found some stuff on my list for me, so that was cool. I got some real bangers like Disney Planes, Fire and Rescue, Whoa. and Grey's Anatomy. Guys, can we talk about Grey's Anatomy and Chuck E. Cheese Super Collection? Wait, is that one rare? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of rare. It's it's annoying. It's like one of these middling freaking Wii games that are just kind of expensive. I can talk to you about a real banger that I did get. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i going to show this game later. There won't be pictures for a while. But uh, a game that I don't think gets enough repping, you know, as far as like the horror scene goes on Atari. Alien. No one talks about Alien. Like everyone wants to talk about Halloween, right? But no one is talking, and, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but no one's talking about Alien. Why not? Uh, Probably just the availability is greater, but. Yeah. I mean, because probably because it's a maze game in a, in a world of maze games. Johnny, if we did an episode on the history of women protagonists in games, Alien might come up. As a game oh, that really? doesn't have a female protagonist, because it never explicitly says you play as Ripley. But this game, you know what this game has going for it? It used the movie poster and didn't like get it wrong, though they did put a stupid banner on it. But yeah, they like used the cool egg cover. Like, come on, Alien! Alien needs more hype. Like, in a world hype where Te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like what infinite money now, and Halloween's infinite money now. Like, Aliens like a hundred bucks. Are they infinite money? Um, yeah, I, I don't think you can find them complete. This part of the problem, so uh, and all the fake ones and all the dumb shit. But yeah. yeah, also by all accounts, it's not a horrible game. It just happens to be similar to other games. All right, let's have a collector's quest game night. We'll play some Alien. I'm down. Okay, you got your copy ready? Uh, I don't. I don't think I own Alien. Or at least I don't own it boxed. Hmm. You know what else is nice? It, it's got the in space, no one can hear you scream on it. So it's basically just the movie poster. I'd re- You know what you could do? You could get a uh, a VHS of Alien graded by investment grading services, and then you just have the movie. So who needs the yeah. game? Because ne- neither of us have played the game. Let's, let's go get our IGS graded 8.0, 8.0, 7.5, 6.0, 9.5, 4.0. And that obviously averages out to a total of a 7.5. And uh, that's the true collectible. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Anyways, that's what I 
That's what I bought in the video game world. There was a lot of other purchases, but they weren't video games. Are you playing anything? Uh, I'm still playing a little bit of Mass Effect, though things got very hectic here, so didn't have a lot of time. Like I played a little bit of Uncharted 3, and then a little bit more Mass Effect. So basically, it's like 2008 in my house. I'm just <laughs> playing PS3 games. I'm like, man, these PS3 games are really good. Let me play them. Uh, yeah. What, how how are you not just like cruising through Uncharted 3? It's like 10 hours long. I just, don't don't skip I know, around to Mass Effect. Just beat it. I like because my son sometimes brings me different controllers. Like he just picks up a controller and like he wants me to use this one. So I, I do. That's how that happens. All right. And then he gets bored pretty quickly. So it's like 20 minutes later, 15 minutes later then I'm like trying to turn it off and then hide the controller so he doesn't start it up again. All right, Johnny. I got uh, the Fire Emblem Thracia 766 Deluxe set. I'm gonna oh my god, is that the stupid Switch one with the, with the, you know, what is a plastic cart inside of it? Is it, Johnny? No, this is Fire Emblem 5. It was a Super Famicom game from... Uh, oh, okay. Essentially 1999, so... That's the one with the plushes in it. It is the one with the plushes in it. Do you just know that because I posted it in Discord? I know things, okay. Tyler. So I know you know things, but you also don't care about imports ever. So, But do I care about plushes? You do care about plushes. I forgot about that. I do, li- I do like when I find a game with a plush. I'm just like, we could use that in Flush for- with Plush Part 2. <laughs> God damn it. So this... This is this Fire Emblem 5. It came out in 1999 on Nintendo Power, which was a Japanese download service unrelated to the magazine. You put the game on like a ROM cartridge, like a flash cart. But then it had a proper retail release in the year 2000. Johnny, make your in the year 2000 joke. Thank you. Okay. Year 2000. Uh Super Famicom game in 2000, pretty late. Uh, some sources said it was the last game, but I think there's there's some other weird game that came out after it. Anyway, it's super late release. Uh, it's the rarest Fire Emblem game, and uh, I never hear game collectors talk about it. I hear Fire Emblem collectors talk about it, because it's kind of like one of the top tier things to own. It would be both the deluxe set and just the regular retail release of it are like top tier Fire Emblem games. But I don't know, collectors, regular game collectors, I think we've talked about, like, people don't collect for the Super Famicom. At least not, like, they don't go deep in it. So No, uh, they don't. Yeah, I think more weebs and Fire Emblem people would care about this. It's apparently a super, super hard game, which I guess would appeal to Fire Emblem people as well. Kind of the only thing I bought, because it uh, is a little expensive, and it might have been an impulse purchase that absolutely got in the way of my goals, Johnny. But it's got Woo. cute little plushies, and I got I got it, I'm gonna say like a hundred dollars less than most of the other ones went for. So. so you got a good deal on it. Yeah, it was it was pretty opportunistic. Look, I mean, you can't you just can't frown on that type of buying. Like sometimes that is the way. It might be in the way of the goal, but in the end, that's like when you're evaluating when that you're like, oh, I'm gonna need to pick that up. Oh, I already yeah. did. So I got it was a either, good deal on it. It's either buy it now or put it to the bottom of the want list, and I'm gonna pay more for it when I do decide to buy it. So All right. 
And, and that's when I, when we tell people about like being opportunistic, like that's like one of the things I mean, like have a goal and everything, but also know when, know when it's time to shoot your shot. You know, the past two years, if you decided to pull the trigger at any point, you were probably correct. Oh my God. This, <laughs> like, I, who knows what the hell is going to happen here? I just don't, I just don't know. I can't make any predictions on anything. I'm just like, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, it's pretty exciting, Johnny. Um, did the Pokemon market go down? Is the sports card market crashing? I don't even know there what's was. going there, on. They were, they were moving down. There was, there's some downward trending and, and magic and Pokemon and sports cards and comics like collectibles started to trend down a little bit. And I've got some theories on that, that some of the market guys aren't talking about. Uh, and something I do talk about every time we get to this point, it's the summer. And in the U S at least coronavirus restrictions are like kind of uh, loosening, right? As people will believe the pandemic is either over or ending. I, I have no idea what stage we're at. Um, but people are going out and about and traveling. So we get to this point and this is where the point where collectibles start to go down because people's budgets start to get eaten by travel and all these people have been cooped up. So a lot more people want to travel if they can. So they're just taking that money and they're not putting it at collectibles right now. They want to go places and I can't really blame anyone for wanting to go places. And, uh, maybe you're going to have to cash out a few Charizards to buy a house because the housing market is on fire. Oh my god, the housing <laughs> like like oh man, Pokemon cards are stupid. Oh my god, housing is the worst. What happened? Uh the best video game investment was having a house to store my video games in, Johnny. Yeah, it's basically the big thing I bought. Uh Johnny, my in-laws have been here uh for 8 days, which means no games. I played Mahjong for 2 to 4 hours a day for 7 days straight. I mean, Mahjong <laughs> is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, Mahjong is pretty awesome. Um, I do play for money with my family because they won't not play for money, which is fine. Uh, I took about I mean, $80 like playing- from my mother-in-law. Um, I mean, like, would you play poker just for fun? You want to play yeah, for stakes. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it, it makes Do you play Mahjong in Cantonese or do you use, like, bullshit American terms, Johnny? Oh, I, I bullshit American terms. And I'm, I'm terrible at it. And, like, usually... I'm looking at the computer once and it's doing f-ing terrible. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I enjoy it, but I don't know what the f- I'm doing. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and say like, Oh, I'm a competent Mahjong player. I am. I am definitely not. That's like watching go. Like, like go is awesome, but I'm not a good go player. I, I can't even wrap my head around go Johnny. The, I, this is, we're getting too after dark. I'm, gonna, I'm about to start telling you how I've, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to play chess okay. and failing. Uh, <laughs> okay well what just move it move it on did you you got no video games because you're playing mahjong uh, which is a game that's very rare for oh, the nintendo over in the Famicom. it might even be the rarest licensed nes game the rarest the rarest stadium events is bullshit and it's a freaking renamed game uh mahjong is a totally original game Licensed by Nintendo, good. 72 Mahjong. pins, came out in Hong Kong, you guys don't have it. Braveheart actually has it, and he's listening to this podcast. All the rest of you don't have it. <laughs> Get out of here, Scrubs. Yeah. Uh, can you please cue the Scrubs music right now? I'm no Superman. Done, I just edited that in. You meant the TV that's show? I don't know what you meant. Yeah, I'm no Superman, that's how that one goes. Alright, perfect. Uh, man, That's exactly what went.
Thanks for giving me editing work. <laughs> you don't I already love bleeping out all the curses. <laughs> oh, and I've I've dropped some bombs on this one, so yeah, have a nice time. Great. Love you, Tyler. You are the best. Johnny, okay. where can I find you? It's been uh, two hours and five it, minutes it, now. It has been a bit. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram occasionally on Video Game Sage. Oh, I want to shout out uh, Casual Cart. He, uh, I, you know, was like, well, I didn't get any art. And then he, he drew a very funny Harry Potter mech to make me feel conflicted about the art. So that's Are you shouting him out because Casual Cart on VideoGameSage.com uh, yeah. expressed happiness at being shouted out? He did, and now he can be shouted out again. And I thought that, like, the fact that he knows that I hate Max and I love Harry Potter, and he mushed those two things together, which is like comeuppance for me whining, and also him perfectly illustrating that he listens to the show, and I thought that was beautiful. So that was chef's kiss. Nicely done. Mwah. So yeah. uh, Videogamesage.com, uh, one of the places you can find me, default gen, default G-E-N, otherwise yep. Instagram, uh, maybe I'll post soon again <laughs> you can find me at johnny underscore iuchi uh also if we've said it a few times but you can join our patreon uh for as little as two dollars as much as six you can hang out with a bunch of great knowledgeable super good collectors and also if you're in the four or six dollar tier you can get uh some bonus after dark stuff which we've alluded to and that's at patreon.com slash collectors quest and our other host who isn't here you can find find him at the art of np on Twitter, because that's mainly where he hangs out, but he did change his uh, Instagram handle so we can start merging his brand, uh, and you can find him now at the Art of NP. So if you were following Archon1981 and you saw that name change, that's him. That's who the Art of NP is, if uh, you didn't know right off the top of your head. So uh, I yeah. didn't know that he changed his Instagram name, Jenny. Yep. That is some great brand convergence. You know, something I've been telling him to do, he's like, I want to keep it personal. And then he just stopped using Instagram, which is the thing I told him would happen. And then it finally came to fruition. So one, I'm glad he did it. Two, I think it's the right choice. And three, I got to be right. And these are all things I enjoy. Hey. All right, guys. That's it for the show. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. That is our show. I know someone already sent me an email, but Hydlide was released in 1984, not 1983. And no, there is no Gatefold Terminator. Terminator's not even a light gun game. Terminator's like a, a five minute long platforming action game. 100% T2 is the other Menacer game. I have no idea what Johnny's talking about. Maybe he'll post on Instagram if he figures it out. Thank you to the patrons. I am feeling a little under the weather. I am not going to shout out everybody's name right now, but I will read them out very respectfully. The Millennium, Will Joe, Canadian Variant Alert, Chris Glidden, Nintendo World Champion, Daniel Jaxvik, Can't Put Limits on Collecting, VG Collectaholic, Previously Unknown Variant, Tim Walker, Sean the Gamer Collective, The Famicom Box Retro Game Enthusiast, Read the Game Shark, Funko Land Employee Platform Agnostic, The Degenerate, Matt Fall, Lance Lord Hardstyle Z, Jeff the Game Boy Ferris, The Actual Shinobi, Jasonic the Kid, Man of Nintendo in the World of Nintendo, Funky Brewsta, Unpunched Hangtab, Dustin Beagle, The Last Game You Need for the Set, Corey O'Brien, Johnny's GBA Hookup, Coffee with Mr. Saturn, Chris, SNK, Too Many NES Accessories, Morozek, Fat Cat Collector, Chris Jackson, Sophisticated Investor, Cart Mageddon, Mint Condition, Brian J. Mora, Brian Gupta, and Pocky and Rocky with Becky, What a 9.8 A++, Benji, 50 Hertz is Good Enough for Me, Andre, High End Collector, Andrew Brim, Oh, wait, Richard Patron number one, Bowden, you're supposed to be first, because I, 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 man, I messed up. 
Richard, patron number one, Bowden, our very first patron, Patreon patron. Supposed to be first, sorry. Zaventorian, he knows all 97 Nintendo games. Tom, obscure variant chaser, Chase. Tex, who collects for Jaguar. The promoter, retro RPG podcast. The other guy who collects Korean releases, peaceful games. Nick the video game database, Morgan. Michael, posting in the Discord right now, Chiara Monty. Lateral Movement, who's got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. Video game art collector, because games are art, Justin Chichio. Red Pyramid Thing, Jonathan Shados. Jim Jacobs, world record holder of best collection. Jeremy Jarvis, here for the Pog Talk. Don Libby, the hero of time. Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show. David Green, he's got that on vinyl. Still finding deals in 2021. Colton Murphy. Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode. The actually rare Bird Dog Gaming. The official seal of quality. And <laughs> the official seal of quality. Andrew Gill Selector? Andrew Jill Selector? Dude, you guys tell me again how to pronounce it. Getting the full PS2 set because Stefan won't. All caps. Keeper of the Zelda variant. Zero X Def Code. Sean, the video game Illuminati LaCroix. Homebrew Mastermind, Nick Ryan. Joseph Rogers got 50,000 on Double Dragon? Joe actually plays his games, Champ Pity. My childhood PlayStation Idol, Game-Rave.com. The Philatelist, Dork Overlord. The Xbox Authority, Danny Gomez. Daniel McArdle, who thought this was the Retronauts Patreon. Corhagen does what Nintendo don't. B-Nugs. B-Nugs. And Andrew actually collecting Engage. Oh, thank you guys so much.